Hi, I'm Maria Theharis or Velosos on social media. Welcome back to Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Many thanks for the ongoing support from the Patreon community for Soul Organized Style Podcast. Your ongoing support every month keeps me developing these podcasts so you and our listeners can hear from sellers from all walks of life. So over 50 intersects with all sewing communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Our focus is the sewing talent each person shares on social media and providing recognition of their willingness to share their skills, whether a beginner or an experienced sewist. Today's guest on So Over 50 podcast is Dwayne McLeod. A lot of people have been following Dwayne and his sewing efforts, especially of late. And so I'm really thankful that Dwayne's given us his time today to talk about what he's doing at the moment. And then we can talk a little bit about your background. But Dwayne, thank you for giving me your time today for Cyber 50's podcast. Well, thank you for asking me, Maria. This is really fun. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. If anyone out there doesn't know who you are, how can they follow you? I have a blog, which I've had for 12 years now, maybe. Yep. And that's um, mainly menswear.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at mainly menswear. And I have actually a crazy little YouTube channel that has very little on it. That's also mainly menswear, where I have like a couple little tutorials. It's very tiny. I don't have that many videos on it. On the podcast, I've had an ongoing series of men who sew. So I try and get people on the podcast, whether they're men or not men, and, you know, talk about sewing menswear or clothes for men. And many of the people who have been on the podcast say, oh, I follow Dwayne. <laughs> Anyone who's doing menswear or clothing for men, they follow you. You've got a great following there, Dwayne. I know. It's really incredible. I never really did anything to make it happen other than to just show people the projects that I'm working on. I remember, I know that you know Kyle Burkhart. Yes, she's wonderful. She's a sewing friend of mine. And she was always telling me, she goes, you really need to be on Instagram. I didn't really know what it was about. And eventually I joined. And then one day I thought, oh my God, I have like 200 people following me. And I thought that was just like insanely crazy because I don't think I ever had that many people following the blog. And all of a sudden, boom, here's like 200 people watching me. It has just <laughs> exploded. It's just been a wild ride in a way, but I, you know, I haven't changed anything. I just kind of work from one project to the next, just trying to learn something new with every project and just trying to build my skills and my knowledge. And that's sort of been a big part of my journey. Right at the moment, Dwayne, you've got over 10,000 followers on your Instagram account. I just thought I'd tell you that. I know. Isn't that, un I just can't even wrap my head around that. <laughs> you know, that's all thanks to Kyle saying to you, Dwayne, you should get onto Instagram. I know. I know. And I just started and the approach wasn't any different than the blog in a way. I'm just trying to show people what I'm doing and to kind of tell people 
you know, if I can do this, you can do this too. And trying to encourage people to just, I kind of just say, push the envelope a little yeah. bit. Every little project that you do, that's been a big part of my whole sewing journey is that every new project, I'm just trying to push that boundary just a little bit, try something mm-hmm. new, try something that's scary, maybe, <laughs> you know, but I'm just, I'm just always trying to go just a little bit further every time. And people have, I guess, responded to that approach, which is very heartening for me. Yes. I'm not going to go into your background at the moment, because I think that yeah. what people want to know about is what you're doing right now. Where are you? Okay. And what are you doing? <laughs> oh, Let's get boy. the story here, Dwayne. Oh, man, I am like living my dream. I mean, that's the only way I can really express it. And I decided as part of that whole pushing the envelope type approach, I got to the point where I wanted to make a tailored jacket. Actually, I think it was from my niece's wedding. And I thought, you know what, I'd like to make a jacket to wear to her wedding. So I got the Roberto Cabrera textbook on menswear tailoring. I think a lot of people have it. It's very, how do you explain it? It's just all done with little line drawings. It's just mostly step-by-step how to make a tailored jacket. So I got that and I just started doing it. I just so enjoyed the whole process, this whole process that seemed less like sewing and more like building a jacket because there was so much construction work. And that just really fed something in me. And I just thought, wow, this is really fun. This tailoring stuff just was, <laughs> I just really loved the whole construction process of it all. And somehow through Instagram, this place called the Tailoring Academy, which was in England, popped up in my feed. And I just remember seeing the pictures of it. And it was in this mill loft with this beamed ceiling and, you know, a small class size working away on their projects. And I thought, my God, this is like a fantasy world. And so I just, (laughs) I just kind of kept stalking them. I just, I just kept watching all the time thinking, my gosh, what would this be like? So Eventually, Britta, who runs the school, started doing online drafting classes. And I was still working at the time and rearranged my work schedule so that I could do like an online video class with them on Friday mornings. We did a drafting a man's jacket, and I also did a trouser draft with them. Wow. You know, that gave me some experience working with them and finding out what they do. And I don't know, it just seemed like it was going to be inevitable that I would end up going. There was just, I don't know, it was just like, I couldn't, I tell people, I can't not be doing this. Yeah. It's kind of a double negative kind of thing. It's like, it just seemed to be the logical thing to do. And, you know, I had already worked past my retirement age several years and the timing was right. And I just said, you know what, if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. This is my once in a lifetime. 
And all of the pieces just sort of fell into place. And that was just like, boom, all of a sudden, it's just like, I'm going to England to go to Taylor School. <laughs> <laughs> and it has just been, I don't know, the experience of a lifetime for me. And I know that there are just a lot of people that are kind of living vicariously through me right now. And, you know, because I have to realize. I'm one of them. I, I, I have to realize just how incredibly lucky I am to just be doing this. You know, I'm just a very, very fortunate person to be in the position where I can do this. So here I am and people are people are cheering me on. So Dwayne, it's not as if you started sewing at the start of the pandemic. You've got quite a significant body of work that you have done. And as you said, you've started your blog, what, 12 years ago? I think so, right. And one of the significant pieces that I know you did, which a lot of people have always been in awe of, are the kilts that you made. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you talk us through that? Wow. Um, well, you know, I'm uh, Scottish by heritage. And so I had, uh, you know, had always wanted one. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I decided that I was eventually, I was just going to do it. You know, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do this thing. So at the time, boy, this goes way back. I at the time, my, <laughs> my mom my mom was living in a retirement kind of community thing over in New Hampshire. And she wasn't too far from the border of Vermont, where I knew that there was like a Scottish import store where you could buy real tartan fabric. And so I was visiting her once and it was just like, hey, mom, why don't we take a little trip over to Vermont and we'll go to this Scottish import store. Of course, she was all in for that because she loved, also loved all of that kind of stuff. And so I went and and bought the fabric, and it you know came over from Scotland. And and there's actually a website, and now I can't remember. It was so long ago, I don't remember the name of it. But there's sort of like a <laughs> uh, there's like a an online forum for kilt makers where you can, it's sort of like pattern review where you could ask a question and kilt makers would get back to you on that. I think it was called X Marks the Scott. I have a feeling that that's what it was called. Anyway, so I went on that site and made a kilt. And, you know, it again is a building process. There's no pattern you are just taking the cloth and making all those pleats and it's all hand sewn every last stitch. And so I made myself a kilt. And then when my son was planning his wedding, he came to me and asked me to make him a kilt, which was just so wonderful. I mean, I couldn't ask for more. So I made him a kilt. I also made him like a Prince Charlie coat and the the waistcoat that goes with it. I made our whole wedding outfits. It was just so much fun. So much, so much fun. The photos of the two of you wearing your kilts, <laughs> your whole outfit. <laughs> That's what I remember. They were beautiful. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's the loud McLeod it's called. So it's very, <laughs> <laughs> very striking. It's just such a pleasure. It was just such a wonderful experience 
sewing has just, I don't know, really changed my life. It really turned my life on its head in a way, you know, nothing but a good way. I've met wonderful people from all over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you probably know. I was just in, because I'm in England. I end, I ended up in London, and I met up with Andrew. So Andrew, just before Christmas, oh, we had such a great time. I mean, there's nothing better than meeting up with your sewing friends. You know, even if they live halfway around the world, it's just amazing. You know, because we speak the same language. We have to, exactly. right? We get we get each other, <laughs> and we had such such a fun time, such a great time. We can yeah. talk sewing together, and our eyes don't glaze over like other people who don't sew. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, yeah. The structure of this course that you're on—it's a whole year. Uh, ten months. Yeah, ten so months. just about a year. Yes. What's the structure like for you at the moment? Wow. You know, we started in September and I have to kind of a lot of times tell myself, you know what? We started with nothing. Mm. We started with absolutely nothing except a few body measurements and worked through a whole draft of a jacket. There's 13 of us on the course right now, and only three of us are making a man's jacket. The rest are making a women's jacket. So we just started with a set of numbers, drafted our own pattern, cut it. It's just been really, it's been intense. It's been intense. Uh, the pace is quite quick. And so you're expected to just kind of keep up. And Friday is like an optional day where the workroom is open to us. Almost all the time I end up in there on on Fridays because it's really the pace is quick and and I just need the extra time to get myself caught up because Monday when we start up again you're expected to be at a certain point and then boom and then we just keep going so it's been a brisk pace we're just coming off our holiday break here and we're going to finish that <laughs> our first jacket Really, all that's left to do is to get the sleeves on and do some hand finishing. Yeah. This is hard to explain, but there are basically, there are two classes going on simultaneously at the academy. Because of the visa restrictions for people like me, and we're considered like international, we can only stay in the UK for six months at a time. And so it's not possible for us to do 10 consecutive months. After six months, we all have to leave. We all have to go someplace and then come back into the country to satisfy the visa requirements. Anyway, the class is kind of separated between the international students and the UK students. The UK students, when we go back off break, are going to start working on a waistcoat project. And the international students, we just have six weeks left. So we're going to do sort of like an independent study almost where we can kind of branch out and make a jacket of our choice, more right. or less, you know, maybe switch up the design a little bit, use a different kind of fabric, that kind of thing. So we'll have six weeks to do an independent jacket. And then I'm going to have to... <laughs> 
almost all of the international students have already, they've already traveled someplace. So they have kind of reset the clock on their visas. I have not. So in February, I need to leave the country for a little while and then come back and then we'll do the waistcoat and the trousers and we'll finish up in July. Wow. It's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to do the course, but you've also got to keep an eye on your visa, fly out and then come back. The Academy and Britta worked really hard to make all of this possible for us. Yeah. You know, there were accreditation issues and all sorts of, you know, how do you work around the visa requirements? She basically had to restructure the course to accommodate us. So going forward now, it'll be much, much easier, hopefully. And people, you know, people like me will know, you know, how it's all going to work. It's all actually gone much easier and more smoothly than I think a lot of us imagined. It's really been really easy. Oh, good. And basically, the fact that they've got international and UK students, this is the first time that they've had international students is what you're saying. Right, right. And so from here on in, they'll be able to accommodate more international students because they'll know how to structure the course to accommodate the visa requirements. Right. They had to break it down into two separate courses mm. for us. Mm. So we're on a different track, but basically we're doing the exact same work and we're working right, you know, right alongside the rest. This is the first time we've deviated a little bit. And so the international group, we're just headed off on our own, which will be really great. I mean, this is a chance to see how much we've really absorbed Yeah, and to see how much how much of it comes back and to see if we can just, I, I don't know, just really kind of go, can bang this jacket out in six weeks, right? <laughs> so it's going to be, I don't know, kind of a test to see how much knowledge we've been able to retain here. Yeah. It will be. Yeah. Everybody's wants to do something a little bit different, work with a different type of fabric or change the style lines a little bit. Some of the international students have lots of fashion drafting background, which I do not have. So they they can quite boldly go and totally draft a new jacket. They have all, all of those skills. I do not. So I'm just going to tweak mine a little bit. <laughs> That's about all I can do. <laughs> You know, you're not in a big city, are you? You're in a smaller right. town. It's a, it's a small town, right? So where do you source your sewing fabrics and notions? Did you have to bring them with you? We had to bring some of our own supplies. We brought our own shears and that type of stuff. I'll tell you, I am totally spoiled here with beautiful fabric. A representative from a wool weaving company up in Huddersfield, which is where lots of the wool fabric comes from here in the UK, came to visit the academy, brought us all, you know, all the, well, they call them bunch books, all of those kind of swatch sample books. And it's just like, it's just like a dream to be able to like flip through those and look at all of the absolutely gorgeous fabric that's available to us. It's just insane. It's just insane. And of course, the Academy has given us lots of resources here in the UK. It's just really easy to find, you know, stuff like 
you know, silk buttonhole thread and wow. real horn buttons and all the kind of traditional tailoring supplies that can be really difficult to find, even in a place like the Garment District in New York City, hard to find a lot of these things. And here, it's just so easy. I'm so spoiled. So spoiled. <laughs> it is a dream, isn't it? It's a real dream it is. to be there. It is. Plus, we've been able to apply for student accounts with some of the mills here. And so we even get like a discount on the fabric. So, you know, we can have really <laughs> beautiful wool fabric to work with for a really reasonable amount. I'm really spoiled. It's going to be hard to walk away from all of that. You know, some of them do ship internationally. Some of the mills here do. So part of the course is, you know, to help us build those kinds of relationships with suppliers, thinking that, you know, the graduates here will, you know, maybe go on to have their own little tailoring business, which is, I think, what I want to do. <laughs> My... <laughs> My plans change a lot, but I, I think about it a lot, about having, you know, having my own little kind of bespoke uh, menswear side hustle, I guess you would call it. Oh, it wouldn't be a side hustle, Dwayne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no way. I wish you all the best in whatever you want to do next. Next week, we'll hear more from Dwayne. He has more life stories to share with us. Many thanks to Dwayne for taking the time out from his intensive tailoring studies to create these episodes that will inspire many of you to pick up that sewing project and give it a go. This episode of Sew Over 50 podcast on Sew Organised Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Dwayne, sound by bensound.com. Listeners, please direct message Judith and Sandy at Sew Over 50 to give them your support for the Sew Over 50 account. As you know, Judith is undertaking some interesting research that I know you'll want to help her out with. If you have time, also let Judith and Sandy know how you'd like to support Sober 50 behind the scenes this year. Sober 50 Live to Sober 50 account with Bird and Molly continues this year. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. If you are a YouTube person, a library of Soul Organized Style Podcasts are being loaded onto the YouTube account with a few visuals to really show you what we're chatting about. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Sub 50 podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>